0: Welcome to the Let's Start Health Podcast. I'm your host, Chelsea Haynes. We live in a noisy world, and this space is intended to bring you clarity, enrich your bank of wellness knowledge, and inspire you to kickstart your journey to healing body, mind, and soul. I'll be interviewing industry professionals and bringing you raw, real, and personal stories of healing through gut health, intuitive eating, and the power of the abundance mindset. Thank you so much for tuning in and getting curious. Your journey to healing starts now. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Let's Start Health podcast. I'm your host, Chelsea Haynes. I am a gut health coach, specializing in helping you harness your intuition. I know at first this could seem a bit odd, but trust me, gut health and that gut feeling are very much intertwined. So I am recording this podcast episode live right now. You should see my setup. I've got Instagram over here on my personal account, The Yogi Yadi. In future, I will be doing these recordings live on our podcast Instagram account, which is Let's Start Health. So if you don't follow us there yet, please come on over, give us a follow. Let's Start Health. We can start the conversation live and living color. And I also on my right have Facebook Live. Um, it's a new thing for me. I feel very technical with my setup here. And of course, I have my recording going on on my computer all at the same time. So We are really trying to create a community here with Let's Start Health. So if you're listening to this podcast, please hop on social media and find us. If you're watching live and you haven't had a chance to listen to the podcast yet, please go to iTunes, go to Spotify, go to the links in our social media, anywhere you listen to your podcasts and search Let's Start Health. This podcast was started from my heart and soul, right? The intention of this podcast is to start the hard conversations. When we speak vulnerably and that vulnerability is met with empathy, shame can no longer exist. And this is how we start the process of healing, The word heal is in the word health for a reason. So starting the hard conversations, sharing these conversations with each other openly and vulnerably is how we start health. It's how we move forward and we do it together with a community, right? So that is my intention here and I'm so happy to have you guys all here. So I also thought it would be kind of funny to record this live because I got really animated last night explaining to my husband the background of a show that we were watching, and I scratched my nose with my own fingernail. <laughs> I don't know if you can see it, and if you're listening to the podcast, you obviously can't see it. Maybe you can hop online and watch the replay, but there's a big scratch on my nose. I feel like, you know when you have to put gloves on a baby so they don't scratch themselves? Yeah, that was, that was me last night, <laughs> and I'm not even Italian. Okay, I digress. It is Sober October. We are still going strong. Today is October 26th is when I am recording this. By the time the podcast launches in two days will be almost the end of October. And how is it going for everybody? How is it going for you? If you are checking in live on Facebook or Instagram, please comment how Sober October is going. If you are listening to the podcast, there's a really cool feature. We're going to put a link in the show notes. You can actually send us a voice note. So if you're feeling called to share your experience, send us a voice note. I get tired of hearing my own voice all the time. I would love to hear from some of you guys. You can send a voice note in to us and let us know how Sober October is going. So one other little no shame plug for myself, I am also about to host my fall gut health reset cleanse. So rolling right into sober November as well, um, this gut health reset cleanse was born from, again, my heart and soul, my own journey to holistically managing autoimmune disease back in 2009. So I have over now 10 years of experience and furthering education in gut health and really understanding what it means to manage symptoms of the body. And I'd love to offer to you right now, if you're listening to this and your body is trying to talk to you, symptoms are not inherently a sign that you're broken or that there's something wrong. That's just not true. Symptoms in your body our messages, that there might be something deeper going on and that change needs to happen. So we can gain our power back within the symptoms that we might be feeling in our body and realize that our bodies don't have words to speak to us. Our bodies have our skin, have our organs, our bodies have our joints. These are all ways that our body communicates with us. So if you're having signs or symptoms and you're just feeling like, man, I really could just use a reset right now. I could hit the reset button. It is fall. Of course, we are coming into autumn here in the northern hemisphere. And I really think there's a lot of symbolism behind the leaves falling, right? Silently, the leaves let go of the tree or the tree lets go of the leaves and hits a reset button, goes into this very special hibernation mode for the winter. Just like in nature, we can do the same thing. So letting go of that which is no longer serving you, a chance to maybe decrease your bloat, decrease your symptoms of autoimmune disease, and maybe even find the root cause of them, a chance to really become a part of a women's only mastermind. So sorry, gentlemen, this one is for women's only. If there are some gentlemen out there that are really interested in this reset cleanse, I can also look into doing a men's only one. Um, if you're also looking into a really affordable opportunity to work one-on-one with a private health coach, now is your opportunity to do it. Of course, as a group offering, um, the price is very, very doable. And on top of that, it October is also Cancer Awareness Month. So in honor of a family member who right now is struggling with stomach cancer, of all things, I am offering a cancer awareness special of $100 off the top of the Reset Cleanse. You guys, the price will never be this low again. So if this is something that is calling you, if you're feeling like you want to be part of a women's only mastermind, if you want to let go of that which is no longer serving you physically, emotionally, energetically, and spiritually, this is your chance. Please send me an email. Info at chelseahanescoaching.com. We can start the application process. We still have plenty of time. Prep week starts November 3rd, and the cleanse itself starts November 10th. It's for two weeks and will still be done before Thanksgiving. Don't worry. Okay, moving on. Recapping of sober October. So I'm going to go through the lessons that I learned, and I would love to hear from you guys as well. And I also heard a funny little poem that I'm going to share with you at the end. Number one, intention is everything. I really, really learned over the last few weeks that how we use our vices, how and why we act how we act, the root of our actions is what is really so important, right? So for me, alcohol is something that has been a part of my life forever. There's a family history there. Um, Growing up, I always had weird thoughts around alcohol, but I never really thought of it as a problem, quote unquote, per se, within myself. And last year I participated in Sober September because I just had that gut feeling, right? I had that inclination to up-level to something more, to up-level myself, to let go of this vice that I just knew is not working for me. And of course, I've participated in cleanses where I've let go of it for a short period of time, but I've never really done it to where I could implement lifestyle changes, a sober lifestyle change. And I was really curious what that could mean for me and what that would look like for me. So this year, rolling into Sober October, creating a theme around it. So please, if you have not listened to some of our amazing guests so far on the Let's Start Health podcast over the last three weeks, please go have a listen. There are some amazing and inspiring and real and raw stories of how addiction has affected the lives of so many people and how these particular guests of mine have alchemized the situation and now are doing amazing things with their lives. So please, if anything other than just curiosity, go have a listen to their stories and share their stories because I know that it could have positive ripple effects. In the next couple of weeks, I also have short stories. So we're going to be rolling out three-part series of short stories of personal recovery from addiction, addiction of all kind, from um, alcoholism to drugs to sex addiction. I'm very, very, very excited to share these raw and vulnerable stories. So please, please, join us on this journey and start the conversation together so for me sober october rolling into sober november now what i've realized was that my intention is really everything right so if my intention is just to start drinking and to numb out to use it as a vice or if if it has just become a habit a, an everyday habit that is no longer serving me because typically at least in my life, there is something underneath that habit that is driving the habit, then it needs to be reassessed, right, for me. So intention is everything. I will share with you right now full 100% disclosure and no shame. There were two days where I gave myself permission to enjoy two glasses of wine. And What I noticed was that around day nine, and this kind of leads into my second lesson that I learned around Sober October, um, around day nine, it got really hard. I don't know why, but around day nine or 10, like almost two weeks in, but not quite, I started obsessing. I just really want a glass of wine. I really want a glass of wine. I couldn't figure out what it was. And I was also road tripping, we had been traveling, and what I realized was that the trigger for me is social cues, being out at dinner, being in places where alcohol is just a part of the experience, and not really feeling comfortable ordering, for example, a club soda with lime. That's my go-to, by the way, club soda with lime. I was worried about what other people were going to think of me if I went out to eat and I only drank a non-alcoholic drink, which seems kind of crazy when I say it out loud now, but that's really what was going on. So I waited three more days and on day 12, I was road tripping with my brother and we had just met my uncle for the very first time in our entire lives. My father's brother, um, if you want to hear a little bit more of my Abandonment issues, personal story. You can go back a few episodes of the Let's Start Health podcast and listen to that. But unfortunately, my father and I don't have a very amicable relationship, not without lack of trying. It's just forgiveness and reconciliation are two very different things. But I had the opportunity to meet my uncle, his brother, for the first time in my entire life. And oh my gosh, was it amazing! Two days later, my brother and I were continuing our road trip south from New New England to Florida, like proper snowbirds and, and yacht crew for the winter. And I enjoyed a glass of wine. And I went into it fully knowing I'm going to enjoy myself. I'm giving myself permission to do this. My intention is to enjoy this experience with my brother wholeheartedly. And I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed every sip. And what I noticed was that the enjoyment of that glass of wine turned into so much more than just drinking it for the sake of drinking it. So intention is everything. Another lesson that I learned in Sober October was that it was really scary at first, but that my fears were all made up in my mind. So what was scary about Sober October? What would other people think? What would I do in social situations? What do I drink when I go out to restaurants? (laughs) how do I say to someone who wants to meet up with me, oh, you know, let's let's go to happy hour or let's, you know, let's meet at a bar, let's go to a restaurant. Like, what do I do with myself if I'm not doing those things? But what I realized was that all of these fears were just made up in my mind and they were based on what other people would think of me, right? If you're watching this live right now, please give me a little hands up if you can relate to that, right? So often we fall into these patterns and habits of, things that are lower vibration and don't necessarily serve us anymore, and we do it for the sake of other people. We do it for fear of what other people are going to think about this. So someone just asked me on Instagram, what's my YouTube channel? This is actually a live recording of the Let's Start Health podcast. So it is... um, Anywhere you can find podcasts, find Let's Start Health. Uh, we, we do not have a YouTube channel yet, but maybe these live streams will turn into a YouTube channel. But find the podcast, Let's Start Health, and join the community. Start the conversation so we can start healing and start the journey to health. So, yeah, my personal journey of Sober October definitely brought right to the forefront of my mind how much I rely on other people's opinions, how much I am worried of other people's opinions. Hi, guys. So what else? What else did I learn in Sober October? I'm a cheap date. (laughs) I definitely learned that. (laughs) You know, one glass of wine is really all it takes. And I think my habit in the past was two glasses of wine. I never could just have one. Like one just didn't feel like like what was the point of one glass of wine. I might as well have two, which I don't know where that rationalization, rationalization came from in my mind. But, yeah, I'm a cheap date. Two glasses of wine, that one that night that I gave myself permission to lean into this desire to have a glass of wine with my brother at dinner, man, was I feeling it. <laughs> Anybody else can relate to that? Yeah, I see a bunch of hands up, right? A lot of you can relate to a lot of the things I'm saying right now. So it's really helpful to know that I'm not the only one. <laughs> so thank you for that. Um, Another lesson I learned really was that it takes about three solid weeks. So I, I know there's like a lot of research out there about habit change and how long it takes to, take, to change a habit. And some people say it's 10,000 times. Some people say it's three weeks. Some people say it's something other than that. For me, it really took 21 days. I mean, today's 26. Also, it's 1111 11 right now. Repeating numbers, throwing that out there. 21 days was really when I realized that desire to feed into that habit was no longer there. I felt easy in my body. I felt that craving for alcohol disappear. It wasn't there anymore. I felt confident going into the restaurant and just ordering my club soda and lime. So Yeah, three weeks in, that mind chatter was finally quiet. I no longer felt that fear. I no longer felt that need or desire to appease my waitress or waiter by making sure I order an alcoholic beverage. I don't even know where that belief came from. But three weeks in, I really felt strong within myself. And at night, at the house by myself, where typically or with my husband, I would want to... Purchase or pour myself a glass of wine, I have no desire for it anymore. It's really not there anymore. So, whatever that underlying current of dis ease that used to be there, feeding this habit of pouring myself a glass of wine, really felt like it dissipated. So, three full weeks. So, if any of you are on a journey of habit change right now, Give it three full weeks. And also the thought of deprivation. Don't deprive yourself. So that for me was another lesson that I learned that when I felt like I was depriving myself of this thing that I wanted so bad, it became obsessive in my mind, right? Can you guys relate to that at all? I started thinking about it all the time. So mindfully and intentionally giving myself permission to have those two glasses of wine that night at dinner with my brother after these really interesting experience was exactly what I needed. And it reminded myself that actually I'm not depriving myself. I am choosing to up level. I am choosing high vibe. This is a choice and I'm doing it to better myself. And it's not out of some like should, would, could have to do this thing. Right? This is a choice that I'm making. Another lesson that I learned was that it can be easy to fall back into a habit once you've broken it, right? So even in the last couple of days, I'm like, ooh, I hit three weeks. I can reward myself with a glass of wine, even if I don't want it, even if I didn't want it. I found myself thinking, oh, we should go get ourselves a cocktail, hmm, Interesting. Really, really interesting. I wonder what that's all about, right? This reward system that we live on, live in our lives, right? I think especially living in a Western culture that praises productivity and goal setting and accomplishing those goals and doing all the things, like, I deserve a reward for that, right? And my reward might as well be the thing that I've decided to, quote unquote, deprive myself of for the last few weeks, Nah, dog, no thanks. (laughs) I will be very aware of what is going on in my mind when that reward system comes into play. And that also feeds into where am I finding my own self worth? Where am I finding it? Am I finding it from the validation of others? Am I finding it through a reward system because that's how I was raised? Oh, you get good grades. You're worthy enough. You become a captain of the soccer team. You're good enough. You apply to all the good colleges. You are worthy of love and acceptance. Telling you right now, that's all BS. You're worthy no matter what. (laughs) So if you're feeling like letting go of something that is no longer serving you, embark on that journey with us moving forward into sober November if you would like. And if you feel like you've got a pretty good control over this, cool, right? It's not because you should, would, could, right? It's, it's a journey of curiosity and up-leveling. Which leads me to my last lesson that I really learned from Sober October was that there's a time and place for everything. There is a time and a place for everything. And sometimes even a non-prescribed vice could act as medicine now. People, disclaimer, <laughs> use your minds here. Use your common sense. Take this with a grain of salt. This is not meant to be like free range. Use your vices as medicine all the time. That's not what I'm saying. I'll repeat. <laughs> that is not what I'm saying. Bringing it back full circle to lesson number one, intention is everything. I choose a journey of holistic management of anxiety, holistic management of autoimmune disease. I take no medications because that is the journey that I feel called. If you are on medication, and I've said it over and over, and I will keep saying it over and over, bless that medicine, okay? For me, If I want to mindfully and intentionally numb out with Netflix all day long because that is how I recharge as an introvert by myself unplugging my mind that doesn't seem to ever want to slow down unless I do it intentionally, then that's what I'm going to do and that's going to be my medicine for the day. Same thing with that glass of wine. If I say I am going to intentionally enjoy a glass of wine because I love wine. I've always loved wine. I love everything about it. I have started the journey to studying becoming a sommelier, which my journey went into another path. But it has to be mindful for me. It has to be intentional. And I'm not going to beat myself up for it, right? Why are we so hard on ourselves, damn it? (laughs) Who else? Raise your hands. Is super hard on yourself, You set a goal, life happens, you get triggered, you don't follow through, you fall off the wagon, you start beating yourself up, and then the cycle happens all over again. Find a community, find a community, lean into support. If you're feeling like up leveling, if you're feeling like letting go of that which is no longer working for you, no longer serving for you, find a coach, find a friend, find an inspiring podcast. Shameless plug, let's start health is a really good one. (laughs) Share it with your people. Join the community. Let's start this conversation. Let's start the hard conversations to healing. Starting these conversations, meeting vulnerability with empathy is how we heal. And this is how we start health. Thank you all so, so much. I mentioned a funny poem that I saw earlier Roses are red. Violets are blue. Participating in Sober October. Try Sober November too. <laughs> Give it a whirl. Join us on the community here. Um, join my reset cleanse if you're feeling like up-leveling, resetting mind, body, and soul, letting go of bloat, resetting your digestive fire. Send me an email, info at We have a promo code for $100 off for Cancer Awareness Month in October and in honor of my family member who is suffering from stage four stomach cancer, gut cancer, of course. Um, Nothing is by accident. Nothing is by accident. So I'm feeling very passionate about this. Please share. And we are going to now roll into part one of our short stories of addicts who are going through it, living through it, and living through their recovery right now and have decided to share with us. So if you're watching this live, be sure to tune into the podcast on Monday, where we will have a guest sharing their short story. We have part two and part three rolling out the two weeks following after that. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I love you all from the depths of my soul. Thank you for being my online community, which as you know, I'm a digital nomad. We are travelers. My husband and I are all over the place. We don't yet have a land community and you guys are exactly that. So thank you so, so, so much. Blessings to you all. Enjoy the rest of the show and have an amazing day. Well, Neil, I am so grateful to have you on the Let's Start Health podcast today. Um, Of course, this Sober October series is near and dear to my heart, and I'm just so grateful for so many people being so vulnerable and willing to share. And today, I'm so happy to talk to you. So for our listeners today, Neil grew up in El Salvador. I moved to the United States and eventually turned to alcohol at a young age to cope with feelings of loneliness. He is now 10 years sober, congrats my friend, and he has written a book, it's called Comfortably Insane, where he shares his story, both to help aid in his recovery and to inspire others with theirs. So Neil, thank you again for being here and I'd love to hand the microphone right on over to you and just ask you if you wouldn't mind sharing with us a little bit of your journey to addiction.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and thank you so much, uh, Chelsea. I really appreciate this. Um, this whole thing of addiction is is so close to me. And um, you know, I I am so motivated to try to make a difference in health. My story is, I would say generic if there's such a thing. I grew up, you know, I was a young kid, had my experiences, I started drinking at 13 and just became severely addicted really, really at a young age. Um, And I drank and drank and drank probably till about my 20s. And then I just quit cold turkey, did eight years of sobriety on my own until I completely could not handle it anymore. And I went back to drinking for another 10 years. Um, So, you know, in a nutshell, that's more or less how my addiction was.
0: Wow, so it was really a journey for you that started really young, and then you said in your mid twenties you went cold turkey, sober for eight years, mm-hmm. and then you started drinking again. So what was the, what was that crack? You know, what was that? What what broke that eight years sobriety that then you went back to drinking? And uh, I'm sorry you broke up there a little bit. How long did you then drink for again before you've been sober?
1: Yeah. So um, the the crack was that I was living life as a complete farce. Um, I had a job, I was married, I had a house, I, I had a beautiful boy that I still have and love. Um, in fact, the book I wrote was because of him. Um, but that, that was life. I, I was a faker and I woke up in the morning faking it and, and inside just feeling completely miserable. While on the outside, you would probably say, Oh, wow, that guy's pretty successful. He has it pretty together. Um, but on the inside, I, I was just dealing with feelings that I didn't understand depression, loneliness, anxiety, restlessness. Um, the word incomprehensible demoralization was something that just, that was me. You know, it's like the first time I heard that term, it's like, hey, that's me. That's how I feel. Um, so I just, I, I couldn't take it anymore. And, and I knew that alcohol would take all of that away. And, and it did.
0: Wow. So after eight years, one day you decided to pour yourself a drink. What was that decision like for you?
1: It was comfortably insane. <laughs> um, hence the name of the book, because um I remember going through being on such a tightrope every day and living my life. Uh, uh in imagine almost eight, eight years without drinking. Um, I made the decision probably a year before I actually drank to drink. And it was, uh, almost like this obsessiveness of, okay, you're going to drink, you're going to do it like this. And just planning and planning. And, um, it was. It's hell. It really is. It's hell. And um, when I finally did take the drink, I realized that it was insanity. I realized that it was going to take away my feelings that I that I had, all those horrible feelings. But I knew that that, um, or maybe I was. It wasn't as clear as it was ten years later after I destroyed my life and others, uh, people's lives as well, that I said, that was insane. That was complete lunacy, thinking that you were going to drink and everything was going to be better.
0: And I think that's probably a cycle that, you know, many people can relate to. So then for 10 more years, Mm -hmm. you started drinking. And during that time, you said it, it was insane. It was insanity, you know, per your own word there. So I'd like to back it up a little bit and maybe dive in for a moment with these feelings that you were having. And, you know, oftentimes, and and I've asked many of my guests now, if they wouldn't mind shedding a little bit of light to this. So these feelings of depression, loneliness, this incomprehensible demoralization, I find that addiction ends up being a response or the easiest accessible coping skill to some type of life trauma. Do you feel like some of these lower vibrational emotions came from somewhere specific? Was there a specific trauma that you can go back and maybe relate to, to think, hmm, yeah, maybe that was a turning point for me?
1: That is an amazing question. And I've thought of this over and over. And through my 10 years of sobriety now, I have worked extremely hard to stay sober. And uh, my voice cracks just because... It's, it's such a journey. It really is such a difficult journey. But um, I thought, what is wrong with me? What happened to me that I'm this way? And it was really interesting because I was looking for a specific trauma. And there was trauma. There were some things that happened to me. But the traumatic events that I experienced were after I was addicted to alcohol. And this took me a long time to figure out. And then I went back even to my childhood and I thought, is there a specific trauma in my childhood that I can remember that is causing me to feel this way? And honestly, I couldn't find a specific event. And through the years, I I came to learn that some of us addicts do experience a a trauma. And that's the reason. And you can look at it and say, this is why. And then there are some of us that have not experienced a specific trauma, yet we still have the same feelings. And it's been such an interesting thing and and almost liberating uh, for me because then that has allowed me to say, hey, Neil, that's okay. That's okay. If you can't figure it out, it doesn't matter. It's okay. You can still do the work. And uh, and that's how it's been.
0: Thank you so much for sharing that so vulnerably. And I think you put attention to some really important points there. And, you know, the, the topic of trauma has also come up often in a lot of these conversations. And, you know, we discuss uh, comparing and despairing different people's traumas and what that could lead to as far as shame or guilt or feelings like, you know, I didn't go through something really dramatic. And why am I feeling this way? And why am I not able to cope? So, you know, for anyone who might be hearing this and experiencing this right now, I love what you said, Neil, is that that acceptance, right, the acceptance that actually, maybe we don't need a reason, (laughs) maybe we don't need to know why. And as I can relate a lot to that as well, you know, as far as a personal journey of Healing and and childhood traumas, you know, maybe I don't need to know why <laughs> Maybe I can let go of some of that need for control because I think that's where a lot of it might come from Right. It's like well if I can just figure this out in my head, then I'll be able to solve this problem
1: <laughs> Absolutely, yes,
0: right, but maybe maybe we can let go of that control we can let go of that Desire or need to pinpoint it to one thing and just say, you know what? this is just where I'm at open heartedly, open vulnerably. And and I need help. I need help navigating these emotions. And it doesn't matter why, because at the end of the day, it really doesn't. And maybe that makes us feel better, right? Maybe if we did have a reason, it could be like, oh yeah, well, I'm a victim. This happened to me. So this is how I'm dealing with it. But it really takes some courage to say, you know what? maybe I am just accountable for my actions and that's okay. And that's okay. So thank you so much for that, Neil. I really, really appreciate your, your insight and your willingness to share that. So I'd love to take another step forward here and kind of on that same note, did you ever have the realization that, you know, along the way that, you're really not broken. You know, none of us are broken. We're just all doing the best we can to manage this life, given the coping skills that we've been given. And maybe this realization that there was a bigger wound that needed healing, or just in general, that this was a journey and that you're not broken. Did did you ever have that thought? And if so, when?
1: Yeah, you know, um, m- many, many times. and I, And I lived life... Uh, thinking I was damaged goods. Um, sometimes people told me that. And, um, you know, I, I I hate to admit this, but I hurt a lot of people along the way. And um, I truly believe that I was damaged goods, that I was somebody that just was destined to be unhappy and miserable, and um, it took it took a lot of work to understand that that I was I was broken, and it took even a lot more time to understand that it was okay. Um, one time I heard a phrase that said, um, "I'm no better or no worse." than anybody else and that gave me so much hope because i i thought okay yeah i have all these things and and i've done these things and and i don't have to do that anymore and i can work on even if i have the crazy thought even if i have the the crazy impulse i don't have to act out on it you know and i and i'm just as um I, I'm just as good as the next person, um, even though I carry these things that to this day I have to work at. If I'm not careful, um, I have to work at. i I'm I've married for the third time and, um, and I have to work at this relationship. I love my wife and, and um, there's, you know, it's hard to have and deal with certain feelings and say, is this me? Is this how I'm going to be forever? And um, the answer is no. You, it, it's possible to be happy, to, to find bliss, even though those broken feelings exist. Um, they do mend. They do repair. I have found in my journey, they don't go away. They don't disappear. Each morning, sometimes it's awesome and just blissful. And sometimes it's not. You know, and I think that's one of the, the things that, I, that has helped me understand life is that this is the way life is. Life is not perfect, but I don't have to go drink and I don't have to put myself into a blackout uh, because I got in an argument or because I didn't have a good time at church or because I got fired or because, et cetera, or because I just simply screwed it up. I don't have to go drink. I could just deal with the situation with the tools that I've learned to use now.
0: That's amazing, Neil. thank you so much for sharing that. You know, I can hear the passion, you know, and the dedication, and that's really what it's all about. And you know, I talk a lot about how community is medicine, and when this vulnerability is shared and met with empathy, then shame can no longer exist. You know, it's really, Brene Brown taught me that and it's something that has come up in probably almost every episode here because it's so, so true. And <laughs> thank you for that. And, and, you know, on that same kind of note, I, I'd love to ask your opinion about considering yourself an addict. Is this something that you, you very actively, though you've been sober now for 10 years, do you still consider yourself an addict?
1: Yes. The answer is yes, I do. And uh, I'm very careful. I've, I've never, you know, when I got married for the third time, I had this interview with, uh, with someone that was interviewing me to see if I, I would, if I was allowed to marry my wife. It was a religious thing. And this person was like, how are you going to guarantee me that you're not going to drink ever again? You know, and I looked straight at him and I said, I'm not, I'm not going to guarantee that. I never will guarantee that. And, and this person was perplexed. It's like, what? Then, then then this whole thing is not, we can't do this type of scenario. Yeah, you know, because it's like people want to hear, I will never take another drink in my life. I will never, ever do that. And I, I, I'm sorry, I can't do that. And and I've learned um, that I just take it one day at a time. And I've been taking it one day at a time for 10 years. So for me, today is a dangerous day. Today I could drink, but if I just applied certain tools that I've learned, I won't just for today. Tomorrow I can't tell you what's gonna happen tomorrow. And that has been a liberating feeling. Um for me to be able to accumulate 10 years, it's, uh, it's, it blows my mind that on September 28th of 2019, it'll be 10 years since I walked into that, the, the rooms of uh, AA, you know, it's like crazy to me
0: it's a huge celebration and how how beautiful to celebrate your 10 years with rolling out with your book and you know almost to the date this podcast being recorded what a great celebration neil and wow what a beautiful testimony to the power of living in the moment right we so often time travel in our minds right we regret and and simmer over the past or we feel anxious and anticipate the future. And it seems to me that you have this beautiful practice of acceptance and honesty, right? And it seems like with those two things, along with really just taking it one breath, one day, one step at a time, those have been some really big tools for you. So I'd love to ask you, you've mentioned some other tools that you have, um, incorporated in your life. Would you mind sharing some of those tools that you've used for the last 10 years to help you?
1: Um, I, you know, there was this thing, I, I thought that when when I walked into the, the rooms of AA, I thought it was a, a death sentence. And I thought that my life was going to be over and I was going to be an outcast. And um, it, it was extremely hard. And um, I remember that, I've, one of the big issues and concerns for me was everybody's gonna is gonna marginalize me. People aren't going to want to deal with me, and it was true. People didn't want to deal with me, but because they knew me, you know they knew who I was and how i was I had a a a person that advised me in these rooms, and i I would have bouts of depression that I would lie in bed you know for days and I couldn't get up and and this guy taught me um, these phrases. He would say, okay, Neil, just get up, suit up, and show up. And it was an amazing thought for me. It's like, yeah, but what for? If I do that, it's prob- let's say I was looking for a job, or I was supposed to go to a meeting, or I was supposed to do whatever it was, and I was all, always Oh, it's not going to work out. Oh, this, it's just, why should I do that? And and the alternative was just lie in bed and be depressed. So, this guy taught me this. This, um, I consider it one of my most amazing tools is just suit up and show up and don't worry about the outcome. Whatever happens is okay. And um, I'm a huge believer in God. So the phrase was, suit up and show up, and the rest is up to God. And uh, uh, Chelsea, that has been one of the most amazing tools that I apply just about to everything. You know, even if I'm nervous of meeting my wife because I have to tell her something she's not going to like, I'm like, okay, suit up and show up, and the rest is up to God. And, and
0: I love that.
1: <laughs> yes.
0: It's true. It's it's Again, it comes back to that need or desire for control and the attachment to outcomes, right? I too, very much on my journey can relate to coming back to trust, right? We so often don't trust that if we don't have full control of the outcome of a circumstance, that it won't be okay. And you know, a lot of the work that I do and I'm passionate about is giving giving ourselves permission to trust our own intuition and to trust divine timing and to trust that there is a bigger power here who has his hands in this. And I use Mm -hmm. his just for lack of of another pronoun to use for the divine, for God, the universe, and, you know, whatever word it is that you like to use or however you relate to spirit. And it is so, so, so important. And just like you said, just show up, suit up, get up, and leave the rest up to God. I cannot relate to that anymore. And thank you so much for that. So, Neil, let's take one more step forward here. What are you doing now in light of these life experiences? Please share with us all of the good things.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's super exciting, Chelsea. I have to confess. I was about four years into sobriety, maybe even, maybe even less. Maybe, I don't know, my, my beginning years were hell. From, from zero to like five years, I experienced obstacle after obstacle, misery, just like the, 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 the worst of the worst feelings. And I remember one time I was in this particularly dark moment. And uh, I got on my knees and I prayed and, um, and I prayed and I just poured my heart out. And, and, you know, I really liked what you said, Chelsea, because one of the things that I have seen in um, my 10 years of sobriety, one of the biggest factors that some people fail at staying sober is because they feel that the minute that someone says prayer or God, that it's like this religious aspect. You know, and it's so far from the truth, because it's just being able to say, I have someone higher that I can ask for help. I can just make a statement, help me, please, you know, and uh, I think that falls to each, everyone's individual understanding, but the absence of that, to me, equals failure, just because I've seen it over and over. But this particular time, I got on my knees, and I poured my heart out, and I said, God, Help me. And if one day you get me to 10 years of sobriety, if one day that happens, I promise you, I promise that I will give back as much as I can. And it's so amazing to me because he did pull me through. He, I, I got so many more trials. And, um, but it's so amazing to me, just like you stated that on my sobriety date i have the book coming out and it's like my way to start giving back you know and and i have to be careful here because it's still the 19th so <laughs> the 28th i it's like i i start to officially give back and and start fulfilling the promise that i made that if i was ever at this point that i would give back so it's a beautiful beautiful and a beautiful feeling that I feel so deeply inside of me. And, and, you know, it's just wonderful to be able to say, holy cow, he pulled me through. Somehow I'm here. And I didn't plan for the book to happen on this date, but that's the date it's happening. You know, so I just got to submit that to, to the universe and say thank you and also say it's beautiful.
0: That that divine timing, right? Sometimes it's just we couldn't plan it better. Completely,
1: yes, completely.
0: <laughs> so your book, Comfortably Insane, where can our listeners get a copy of it?
1: Okay, so it's in Amazon. So you just go in, look, Comfortably Insane, Neil Lenaris. that's where to get a copy. I do have a site. It's uh, uh, comfortablyinsane.com. Um, if you just want to get in touch with me, that would be the best way. I'm actively engaged in in answering and talking to people. So that's a really good way if you want to uh, get a hold of me and just ask me questions and, and stuff.
0: Amazing, Neil. And of course, I'll be sure to link this all in the show notes. And I would love just to round out this beautiful chat with you by asking, what does the term optimal health mean to you?
1: To me, it means the whole holistic thing. Um, just because when I say and I, when I say that is uh, being healthy physically. Part of my sobriety journey is uh, uh, working out like crazy. I became a triathlete. I did an Ironman. I you know that is so crucial. Um, eating well, uh, meditation prayer. Uh, That's what optimal health means to me, the whole package, mind, body, spirit.
0: Amazing. Thank you so much for that, Neil. And I'm so grateful for you again. I'm so excited to get my hands on a copy of your book.
1: Yes, yes. Uh, Amazon, uh, you can snag it there on the 28th. Uh, So I I would really love to hear what you think of it once you read it. You got to promise to be my friend still after you
0: read it. (laughs) For sure. It's only curiosity and love here. (laughs) So thanks again, Neil. I appreciate you.
1: Okay, you're welcome, Chelsea. Thank you so much for this opportunity. I really appreciate it.
0: to take a quick moment to give you, my community of listeners, some genuine appreciation. I know how valuable and precious our time is in today's world of productivity, and I couldn't be more grateful for yours today. If you feel that this episode was of value to you, I would be even more grateful if you were to share it with your people. Go ahead and copy and paste that link into messages, or if you're feeling really creative, pop a screenshot of the episode into your Instagram stories and send it on over to that person in your life, who might need this boost of inspiration today. Don't forget to tag the podcast handle let's start health and my personal account the yogi yadi so we can have all the fun connecting, building community and sharing all the things. Thank you again and remember, be curious and unwavering on this journey to health.